This is Amateur Logic, episode 101 for February 15th, 2017. This episode of Amateur Logic was brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com, and by ICOM. 2017 is here. Let ICOM help you keep the new year momentum rolling. Welcome to another episode of Amateur Logic. This is episode 101. I'm George. Well, I'm Tommy. I'm Peter. And I'm Emil. And it's great to be back with you again. Boy, talk about your delays uh, launching tonight's program. Yeah. I had a few technical difficulties, but we're rolling now. So. Yep. We're, we're rolling on. And we've got a good show, so it was worth the wait. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great one. I think it is going to be a great one tonight. You know, anytime we're doing a amateur logic here, we've got a chat room going on while we're shooting live. Where can they find that, Tommy? Amateurlogic.tv forward slash chat. All our rowdy friends are in there. Yeah, there's been a been a lot of hijinks going on in there, and uh, it's actually kind of neat if you kind of check into it a little early before the actual time the live feed is scheduled to start, because you know they they usually carry on a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. Yep. So uh, if you're watching live, uh, tune in, amateurlogic.tv slash chat. Well, Tommy, what have you been up to since the last show? Well, I got a new little toy. Uh, I'm going to show it to you here in a little bit. I'm, I think I was the last holdout to get one of the little RTL uh, dongles yeah. that people are doing SDR. So I did a little playing around with that. I think you were the last yeah, holdout. Yeah, I think probably the last holdout. <laughs> I think everybody here already had one. Yeah, they did. Um, well, good. We'll get to see what you do with it, because yeah. I know it's a little bit different. Than yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. Peter, what have you been up to? Well, I've been busy. Uh, I've built a uh, another another metal detector, and uh, as we speak, I'm testing, uh, I get, uh, I think, Bill's, uh, what is it, balloon transmitter. And so uh, if you actually go on wsprnet.org and look under, uh, uh, what was it, 20 metres at the moment, uh, and search for VK3PB, You'll actually see my transmissions coming out of Melbourne and being received in Canberra at the moment, and that's just 20 milliwatts, which is amazing. So uh, I'm hoping to fly that uh, very, very soon, possibly uh, for the next show. How yeah. far is that? Uh, it's about uh, seven, we'll say 600 miles as the crow flies. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Email. Yeah. What well, about? Has, oh, sorry, just let me just say, sorry, I did test it the other day, and it went all the way the other side of Australia. To, uh, to Perth, so uh, that's more like 2,000 miles. Cool. I'll check out the WSPR when I get home later. Mm-hmm. Email, what have you been up to in the past month? Well, the uh, the area has a lot of ham fests at the beginning of the year, so I got to uh, uh, visit you guys up in Jackson and also uh, down in Hammond. I met uh, Wayne and Vince and some whole bunch of other people we normally see there at the Hammond Ham Fest. 
And, uh, you know, from outside of that, as far as uh, ham radio goes and my uh, segments, the um, Pie, Bites of Pie series, I'm going to start some uh, little shorts. And uh, I think you may have uh, put some of that HamFest footage together. Yeah, I did. As a matter of fact, we've got some footage from three different HamFests tonight. Oh, cool. So, uh, it's just some things that uh, a couple of them are new, one of them's old. We just put them all together. Uh, we got a lot of other good stuff tonight, too, though, in addition to uh, what we just mentioned. Um, we've got a, a special. This will be part one tonight. It's uh, our friend John Ossie, N3DRH, is doing a, a series. Or, well, it's, it's actually... Uh, going to be two different episodes of Amateur Logic will we'll have this segment in it. It's a presentation he does on Carl Jansky, uh, the guy who more or less invented radio astronomy by, I think, by accident. Oh, cool. Or just happenstance. Well, what a lucky accident. And it's really interesting tonight, some of the early history of uh, communications, and I, I think everyone's going to enjoy it a lot. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Be cool. Well, tell me what's on your email stack over there tonight. Well, my my stack's kind of short. I've only got one tonight, but I've got one from Don KC9QPM. He says, "Okay, the issue is a friend and I want to get on the D Star system. There are no repeaters available to either of us. So, what's it going to take to get hooked up?" He has several IC2820s. I have one IC91AD. Uh, Bill has really high-speed internet. We both have Raspberry Pis. What else will we need? How can we get it set up? <clears throat> so there are a lot of options to get on D-Star. But I, the, I did send him an email back about Raspberry Pis and using that. But mm -hmm. thinking back about it, the easiest way, I think, to get on is using the BlueStack Micro in a DV Mega along with an Android tablet mm -hmm. or phone. If you have one of those available for internet, uh, you know, I think his friend has high speed, but I think he said he didn't. Um, but anyway, that's a real easy option to get online, and it's very, it's very inexpensive. Hmm. Probably, if you have the tablet already or a phone with internet connection, then it's less than $200 U.S. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's not, not bad. And then you don't have bad. to have a repeater. You can you take it with mm -hmm. you anywhere. You know, I'm going to, well, of course, what I've uh, in the shack here and got the rig on, I can connect to the local D-Star repeater, but I'm going to be able to, to talk on uh, D-Star with the hotspot here shortly myself. Yeah, you are. Yeah, <laughs> you get it. Yeah, yeah, I've got your stuff there. I'm, I'm kind of working on it, working yeah. towards it. So. I know, you got a lot going I've, on. Uh, I'm actually going to do a segment here really soon about redoing the D-Star image with an updated one. And at that point, I'm going to make a copy and, and we'll get yours set up at the same time. Yeah, that, that's interesting that um that little device there will do so many digital modes yeah yeah it'll yeah. do uh d star c4 fm and dmr also yeah. now with the updated firmware yeah. so we'll 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 set it all up for that well i got a little photo here and this one came from uh well another guy that might be in the chat room tonight i haven't looked to see if he's in there yet k2bag uh john Baggett. he was recently at the airport in Atlanta, and he took this photo uh -huh. of an amateur logic cap right there on the display. Awesome! Man, Is that a new distributor? How you made it? 
Huh? Do we well, have a new distributor? Well, I, I am not sure. I think he, he ended up getting that one, and he probably has the only one that was there. For that sale. was there, yeah. Yeah, well, that was lucky for him. Yeah. Man, and look, look at that, uh, George. We're, we're like top shelf material. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> right there. Awesome. There you That's go. A cool so, picture. Um, yeah. Thanks for <laughs> that, John. And it's always nice to see uh, your amateur logic apparel out in the wild. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. You'll have to do that in Dallas, Tom. Yeah, yeah, I need to. You know, I don't even have amateur logic hat. I'm going to have to order myself one. I've you know, I don't think I do either. Yeah, I think I got a t shirt somewhere. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> yeah. I got I several think, t shirts. I need to order a cap, though. So. I'm not much of a cap wearer. Yeah. Okay, Peter, you kind of set it up a moment ago uh, about what you're presenting tonight. You want to say anything else about it before we roll it? Uh, yeah. Um, I like building kits, and I heard about this, uh, what is it, 40-meter transceiver kit. So here we go. Hello again from Down Under. Recently I heard about a kit called the Bidex 40. Uh, I ordered one. It cost me $45 US. It's a 40-meter a uh, single sideband transceiver made by Ashar, I think it's Ashar or Ashbar Farhan, Victor Uniform 2 Echo Sierra Echo. It's uh, made in India uh, and quite hackable. The board is assembled in India by a collective of women, which provides them with an income, so that's a good thing. Uh, now, you need to supply your own box, power supply, and earphones or headphones, and a speaker. But at $45, that's a real bargain. Uh, so I ordered one, and it's arrived. So let's have a closer look at it, and hopefully build it. This is what you get. You get a plastic box with the main board, and lots of surface mount stuff, which is already done for you, which is a good thing. And then a few pots and other connectors that you need to wire up. But that's not a, a major piece of work. And as I said, you need to supply your own box. So I've gone down to my local J-Car and bought this Jiffy box, which should be sufficient to hold the main board. So we'll grab the main board, just position it in here, which is uh, yeah, plenty of room. I've got to allow a little bit of extra room if I want to add on an external VFO later in the piece, but there should be just enough room, which is good. The only other thing to consider is that uh, there are these uh, little raised bits here where uh, one can screw in a screw, uh, but they don't align neatly with the holes in the board, unfortunately. But what I can do is make up an adapter plate, so that should be fine. Let's now have a look at the way that you actually wire up the Bidex 40. Now this is the uh, tuning knob, otherwise known as a variable capacitor. And you wire it uh, black, brown, red. So black on this side, brown, and then red. Now in the instructions, it actually shows that you wire it another way. Um, I think it was black, brown, red going across this way. But fortunately, I saw in a video by Peter VK3YE that this is incorrect. And the photo that accompanies the instructions actually gives uh, the correct way to wire it. So remember, black brown, red. This is the variable resistor, which also serves as the on-off uh, knob for the radio. It's wired red, brown, black, going across from this side across to this side. 
On the front here, you'll have to supply your own tuning knobs. Uh, I'm still looking for a tuning knob that's small enough for this, uh, this shaft. But what you'll find is that the shafts are a bit long. So you may actually have to very carefully trim them back in order to get the knobs to, to sit more and more, uh, more or less flush uh, with the front panel. The speaker and the push to talk knob are easy enough to wire up to these two plugs and they go into uh, a couple of earphone sockets as you see here. Now the next thing is critical. This is the power socket on the back and uh, this is wired to this plug here and this plug here. In each case, brown goes to positive and black goes to negative. So you can see the two positives wired together on this pin and the two blacks wired together on this pin. Now using a multimeter, ensure that the positive is wired to the center pin and black to the outside. And similarly, when you're wiring up um, the, this plug to go to your uh, power supply, make sure that you've got positive in the center and negative on the outside. Check and double check your work using a multimeter. Wiring up the microphone is pretty easy. The ground is uh, shown by this pad here, which has got uh, little traces going out to the case of the microphone. So you wire black to here and brown over to here. Finally, wire up the antenna connector and make sure that uh, your connection from this plug here to the antenna connector is relatively short, less than two inches or so, otherwise that can cause problems. Brown goes to the center here and black to the outside. the bit x40 an inexpensive 40 meter transceiver kit that's very affordable i've only got two minor criticisms but these had solutions first the transmitted audio was a little bit rough but i'm told that there are mods that can improve the transmitted audio the other concern was the tendency for the frequency to drift a little bit but this has now been solved since i purchased my kit late last year the price of the kit has risen slightly to US $59, which is still very cheap. But the kit now includes as standard an Arduino-based external VFO with an LCD display. That's just amazing. What a great kit. Somebody posted on Facebook when I mentioned that uh, I would be constructing the kit. And they said, oh, that's great. Oh, I'm so sick of Arduino-based segments. 
And uh, the unfortunate truth is now that if you order the kit, you're going to, you're going to get an Arduino with it. But uh, look, I, I assure you, it, uh, it comes assembled, so it won't be a hassle. Yeah, and if you, you're tired of Arduino-based segments, this is probably not the place to be. Because <laughs> there's going to be some more of them coming yet. Yeah, uh, not this yeah. week. Oh, the Arduino stuff's awesome. I can't yeah. really believe it's kind of weird that... Yeah. Uh, well, I guess if you're not into it, then, yeah. you know, yeah. it's an yeah, interesting. But, uh, well, you know, that that's a neat kit. We've been seeing a lot of folks over in the Google Plus community, Amateur Logic community. Yeah, I said I was the, whole, the last holdout for the little SDR dong. Well, I guess I'm probably going to be the last holdout for the BitX. I think kit. we're tied. Oh, yeah? You're going to hold out, too? Have you got one yet, Emil? No. Okay, well, then... No. Didn't, uh, I think from memory, Mike actually was the guy who put it on. Uh, uh, Mike in Canada uh, actually got one. Yeah. Yeah, Mike got one. I believe John that uh, had the hat picture may have one. Yeah. Or Chip. Well, um, somebody yeah, else there, has there's, one. I think it's John. I think there's several of them in there that are. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. No, Randy. I know who would. And I can't, Ralph. I think maybe uh-huh. Ralph is oh, yeah. building one. Yeah. Or is already Randy. Anyway, yeah. I, one suggestion, though, uh, one suggestion for uh, the maker of the uh, the chap in India who makes these, uh, I think it'd be really good if they actually supplied some kind of case uh, with pre-drilled holes for for beginners. I think that would uh, help a great deal as well. Yeah, yeah but it I, might impre- increase the. You price can print one on your three D printer. It. I saw that, mm-hmm. that there's one, I believe, on the Thingiverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be an option. I guess my favorite thing about it is that it'll do single side bend too. It's not yeah. strictly a CW or a digital yeah. uh, rig there. Yeah, it looks like a fun project. I wouldn't mind doing one if I had time to do it, but it's probably yep. a little more involved than what I can spare time for right now. Yeah. Well, I think it's time to get on to. Uh, well, I, I got something here I want to talk about before we move on, Tommy. You know. Uh, you were looking at the Harbor Freight catalog horror, here. Horror Freight? Horror Freight, is that what you call it? You were looking at it before the show. You know, and, and you get these too, don't you? Oh, yeah. And I try to go through most of them, and they send too many, and they all got the same thing in them. Yeah, oh, yeah. And they all got the biggest sale ever. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'll find some junk in there. I mean, uh, quality tools in there that I want every now and then. Yeah. Mm- and and I'll buy some stuff from there. I'll admit it. It's I I look at it carefully and I think, am I going to need to use this tool more than once? Yeah, that, that's know. the kicker right there. That's the kicker. Yeah, I bought. Well, I won't even talk about it. But I bought a tool there today that it, it was pointless. It won't do what it's supposed to do. But yeah, it's probably not not the last. Uh, you know, time. you know, you really never know. You could get something that's good because I got yeah. my little calipers from there. Mm-hmm. They were cheap and they yeah. work fine. Uh, yeah, no that, problem. They're fine. And I actually bought a uh, a hammer uh, drill from there mm-hmm. that I intend on using one time. It made it through the whole project. I might actually get two uses out of yeah. it. Yeah, maybe. So who knows? I bought a good many tools from there to take and leave at transmitter sites that you know that I, I just need some tools there and. Uh, they're, that's my burner tool sets. Yeah, yeah. I, and I will say I needed some bits for my uh, for my uh, drill, not mm-hmm. my drill, but my uh, impact driver. 
to put some fence, working on my fence. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was close by and I ran in there and bought a box of 12 and I made it to about six feet of fence before I stripped out most of them. Okay. So, so <laughs> you know, you know, George, the, the top of that um, magazine, the, the title there is definitely Cheap Old Man Compliant. It is. It is. You I know, think I think huge you're right. Huge price cuts. I yeah. mean, that's right on the money yeah. or off the money. Right off the money. You know, they're, they're <laughs> competitors to this, too. There's another one called Northern Tool that's right up the road here. It's pretty good. A little bit better quality, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. I've been in there once or twice. I bought a solar panel from there. Yeah. I think some of the stuff they got in there is a little better quality than you'll get here. But that, apparently that's a pretty hot space that's heating up right now because there's more competitors coming along. Here's a new one here that looks to me like they're, uh, they're directly trying to compete with Harbor Freight. And uh, this is Hazard Fraught Tools. Have you heard of this company before? <laughs> no, that is, must be brand new. It, it is brand new. Let's just take a look at a, a few of the items that they got here. Uh, you know, what, a six-inch well gutting knife. For ten for less than ten dollars. <laughs> less than ten dollars, and and they got a, a mohel knife too. I guess that's how you pronounce that. Yeah, you might you might be there for a while. Yeah, but you know it's also <laughs> ideal for most wal wal uh, walrus brisket. Yeah, and apparently you gut a whale with your right hand, but you uh, gut a, a mohel with your left. <laughs> but look at the price difference, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty big difference, and it looks it looks very similar. Yeah, it it does, but makes makes me want to be left-handed. You probably don't want to interchange interchange those tools though, because you don't really know what's going to happen. You don't. You, you just never can tell about those kind of things. You know, they've got other tools though that'll serve more than one purpose. Uh, well, here's one right here. It's a uh, six-function electronic multi-tester. It's a uh, AC/DC voltage tester, a meat thermometer, a gaydar, a uh, uh, searchable, I can't read that, bobble, oh, bobble. yeah. Paternity uh, tester, corn yeah. on the cob uh, holder. Man, where you do you stick that pantage? thing for paternity test? And only nine ninety five. <laughs> where are you going to get that, man? Eight, eight functions. Yeah. That's... You, you can't argue with the value of yeah. that. They only list six there, but it's actually eight. So we don't know what the other two functions yeah, well, could be. Well, it's just up to your imagination. I guess so. Uh, and, and, well, they they got good coupons there, too. Just like in the Harbor Freight catalog, they've got a number of uh, coupon deals that you can get stuff at a really good price, like uh, some kind of gauge for nine ninety nine. Yeah, and it looks like a good one, too. It, yeah, a useless coupon. Or what about that, Tommy? 16-inch manual chainsaw. <laughs> you know what? That You don't ever have to worry about You know how you use your chainsaw just every now and then, and it gets gummed up if you don't put stable right. in it? You don't have to worry about that with that. And then you don't have to worry about, like, cutting the extension cord if you have one of right. those little electric ones. Solves a lot of problems. Well, it does. And, and uh, economical, it's, I guess, environmentally friendly. Yeah, and good exercise at the same time. Yeah. Good for your health. Now, what other coupons they got there? Oh, look at that. An eight-ounce solid brass carpenter's dreidel. 
only fourteen ninety nine. Oh wow! And uh, I particularly like that last one there, twenty nine ninety nine. You can get a fifty foot garden hose extension cord combo. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that, do if, not get cord wet. If you were, <laughs> that that's good. If you were doing this projects around the house and you don't want to haul a bunch of stuff out, you know, you could. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's all I can say about that. I'm pretty well stopped right there in my tracks. Yeah, it's just not <laughs> many extension cables <laughs> that you could connect to above the waterfalls. <laughs> And, and electricity, <laughs> but there, there it is. Well, Brad, Brad in the chat room says shocking. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, and it, you know they've got some some power tools there as well. Not everything is manual, like uh, the heavy duty pneumatic slide whistle <laughs> for seventy bucks or sixty nine nine nine, or you can choose the eighteen volt cordless hammer. You know, I bet that I bet that battery lasts a long time on that. So you probably get a lot of use out of it before you have to recharge. I bet you could. That's good stuff. Is it like one of those uh, tens machines that puts eighteen volts on your muscles and makes you beat the hammer? Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it could be like that. But you know, really though, at you know seventy bucks, I think I'll just stick with my manual hammer. You think so? Well, yeah, it's, it's even, a little bit pricey, but that yeah. does come with the battery. But does it come with a charger? You you probably mm-hmm. only have to use the charger that's in it when you buy it. You, I doubt you ever really have to recharge it. Oh, it it's comes pre-charged. Of, it's that efficient. Okay. Well. So, um, you know, be looking around for the catalogs. Uh, hazard fraught tools. Should see that coming soon. Perry Thompson uh, sent that to me. Oh, yeah? Well, that's pretty and, good. And uh, I looked around. It's floating all over the Internet. I think the original source of that is a Mad Cover site. Oh, yeah. I believe that's where it And it looks like, you know, something they would do. So Yeah. yeah. Well, that's pretty good stuff there. Uh, that, that was really good stuff there. That uh, almost looks like some of the stuff from the Amateur Logic Christmas Buyers Guide. I was thinking of Mike when I was reading it. <laughs> uh, that's mm-hmm. actually where I thought it might have came from. He, he missed a good opportunity, didn't he? He did. We could have sold a bunch of that. Uh, well, what's up next? It's not too late. Maybe they need a distributor. Yeah, in, in Canada? They could yeah. probably use one up there. Yeah. Well, we mentioned earlier we got some uh, Hamfest videos, some new, some old. I just mixed them all together, and here's what came out.
Uh-oh, he's got a paper. He has emerged. Look out. Extra. Nice. Congratulations, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now you can go where I cannot. <laughs> I could still do that. Uh, yeah, that's true. Legally. <laughs> <laughs> Legally. Well, I was an advanced, so I mean, you know. Oh, look at that. Awesome. You got the paper. She's got the paper. I got the paper. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. And you are? Uh, Elizabeth Fountain from Starkville, Mississippi. Starkville, hey. God's country. That's yeah, right. God's country. <laughs> Home of MFJ. Yep. So I'm excited. I didn't think. I was like, this is going to pass. He said, yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> right. You got the paper. <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. Well, thank you. I'm so excited. Greetings from the 2017 Capital City Ham Fest here in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm here with all my rowdy friends. Well, most of them. Uh, Tommy. Hey, good afternoon. And the cheap old man himself. How y'all doing? Finally nice to meet Tommy in person. Yep, finally meet, uh, meet up together here. Cool. So I think, Tommy, you have out-cheaped the cheap old man this time around. I have. I bought a few things. I've got a... Um, Something to fix my antenna on my truck. Mentioned it was bad. I bought a few tools and some connectors and things. What did you get, Emil? Well, I, I'm so cheap. I'm actually going to move backwards in license classes, George. Because it was on sale? It was on sale. Uh, no, not really. My, my daughter's looking into uh, getting her uh, technician license, so she's going to chase some scholarships when she's hitting college next year. So, But uh, other than that, I haven't picked up anything else, so I am holding true for myself. <laughs> yep, out of the whole. The whole thing. Yeah. What, there's only 50 acres here? <laughs> well, then, then they'll come the other way. He'll come this way next time. Yeah, how do you come back from that? It's really hard to recover from something like that. You just can't recover. <laughs> so, a scholarship. So, you're telling me there are scholarships for college students that have their amateur ticket? Well, there's a bunch of clubs who offer scholarships to local students through the local school systems. In Louisiana, there's quite a few uh, places. And in fact, there's a list of scholarships that are available from the uh, ARRL's site. So, yeah, there's uh, lots of opportunities people might not know about. Huh, like me, I'm going to have to go look because I got... Are you going back to school? No, but I got two kids. Okay, that's a good thing, yeah. I mean, if they get their license and they show the interest, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, you know, there's several other kids doing this today that are very young. Ten, I, I can think of one out of New Orleans, Bryant, uh, HVO, I think is his call. And there's uh, Chris, I, I forget his name. Yeah, Chris, I mean, uh, I think uh, there's a lot more interest, and that's to me, it's just going to help that or spark it. Yeah, I think so. You said something. Uh, I don't remember. I think that's what it was. Yeah, probably was. Well, so uh, I hadn't bought much 
I bought some uh, $5 Plato uh, wire cutters. Really nice little sharp wire cutters for, uh, you know, for that price. I've already got some, and I, when I saw these five bucks, so I'm getting another pair. Got a few connectors. I don't know. The ham fest is not over yet. I've got some more looking around to do. I did buy a bunch of jumper leads. You never know when you're going to need another jumper lead. Yeah, no doubt. And I do remember what I was going to say. When he was asking if you were going back to school, I just had pictures of Rodney Dangerfield with a little pair of reading glasses on. Yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm registered right now in Ham College. Yeah. When's, when's the semester start? Uh, it starts tonight. tonight. Actually, it really does, doesn't it? Yeah. The uh, uh, January 2017 first semester yeah. starts tonight at 6 o'clock. Well, this is... I don't even know what the date is, because obviously when we shoot this, it's this is old news now. But today's the twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Yeah, according to my pocket calendar. Okay. Technology. Email. What? So did was this a spur of the moment trip to come up to Jackson? Well, I, I did plan on a little bit on the Google Plus forums. I posted that. Uh, you know, I found the information about it. So I've been planning it for about a week, but last night was a kind of spur decision. Am I going to go or not? So I got up early this morning and I made the uh, three-hour trip. And that's worth it because I can tell you some of the uh, stuff I'm seeing here is uh, a little bit higher quality than, let's say, what I'm used to seeing in our uh, local areas. Or at least there's a lot more of it um, around here. We do have high-quality junk here, so it's worth the trip. Yeah. I've been seeing, uh, I think I've seen almost as many folks from around Slidell here as I have folks from Jackson. Yeah, um, there's quite a few members of our club, some of our uh, club's leadership here, and uh, even people who are organizing our ham fest hooking up with the vendors you guys have here. So it's, uh, you're right, there is a lot of our people over here from both uh, Slidell area and New Orleans area. So what's left on your shopping list? What's left on my shopping list, uh, I did see quite a few of, uh, again, the TNCs that I kind of look for here. And uh, there's some new models of the little HTs that I've been watching. I also noticed that there are entire bags of HTs uh, here. Some of the... (laughs) They're so cheap. Exactly. Some of the the Chinese ones. So, um, anyway, that's what I've been watching, George. Okay. I've been looking at an amplifier. I don't know. Uh, I've got an amplifier, but this one's bigger. Okay. So I don't know. Bigger is better. Bigger is yeah. better. Yeah. For your friends that you're talking to. Right. It helps them out. That's right. Yes, it does. What What are you What are you using now? I've got a AL811H that I put 572B tubes into. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm using uh, MFJ's 80B with the 3500Z, and uh, that's a little bit higher. I think it's eight. The one you have is 800. Watts about? Okay. So I, this one's a, they call it the desktop kilowatt, if I remember right, on the ADB. So which one are you looking at? I'm looking at the ALS 1306, a solid state 1200 watt. There you go, solid state. So you, you think you're going to enjoy that jump to uh, solid state over two? I think I will because I, I get to work on uh, tube transmitters quite frequently now. And I've got three solid state transmitters and I've got three tube type transmitters and I don't ever have to do anything to the solid state ones so that's 
And, and you know, I'm getting enough uh, uh, high voltage in my diet now from, from the job. <laughs> You're getting enough high voltage? Hopefully not any of that arcing I've seen. It's not arcing to you, is it? No, it's not so far. Okay, that's a good thing. Tommy, what's, what's left on your list? I pretty much got everything I need. I need to do a, um, a extension cable for my mobile rig, from a microphone, so I may pick up some parts for that and build one. Uh, other than that, I pretty much got the things I came after. Did you get your antenna mount? Yeah, I did. I did. That's what I was saying earlier. I got stuff to actually repair the one I've got. Well, I think I can come up with a few things for you. Okay, well, show me what you got, and we'll see. <laughs> All right. They need to meet Emil's cheap criteria, though. Emil bought a book here that was not on the clearance table. It wasn't on the what? what, the what it wasn't on the clearance table. No, it wasn't on the clearance table. So, Gordo, I want you to know I'm supporting you, and so is my daughter. So, hopefully, she makes it through this and uh, gets that scholarship on one of them. Yeah. He, he bought that for his kids, so that's that's okay if it's not on the clearance table. I can find something your kid needs. Yeah, okay, show me. Okay. He won't use it, though, if it's ham radio stuff, unfortunately. I was, I'm such a failure as a father. My son has no interest in radio at all. When he gets about 30, he'll get licensed like my son did. Well, I hope. So you can start stocking up now because you'll have to give him a radio and all of that. Yeah, I better go ahead and buy it and use it for him right now. Well, thanks for coming up, Emil. Good to see you again live and in person. And we'll see you around the 15th of the month. Absolutely. And, again, nice to meet you in person, Tommy and George again. And uh, look forward to more cheapness. All right. Well, let's go make another round. Good to see you again, Emil. Yeah, it was good to meet uh, Tommy. And fi- yeah, uh, yeah, man, and that was a pleasure. Yep, I had a good time there. You know, it's there was uh, more empty tables there this year than than typically is. Yeah, there. I think they had some things. A few of few of the major vendors, I think, uh, usually there had some kind of health issues. Yeah, kind of coincidence. Several of them. Yeah, the wireman was not there because of uh, <clears throat> uh, I've gotten some kind of. Uh, health issue. I don't know that it was a major one, but it was major enough that he couldn't come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but there was some more stuff on the other side of the wall there that you couldn't see in that pan yeah. shot there at the end. Yeah. So. It was it was a good time. Great hand fest. Always. always. Is. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you're riding with a friend who's not a ham and you just would like to get on the air and uh, they won't let you put a mag mount antenna on their car or slide a mobile in there and plug it into the cigarette lighter because it's just not their thing. So I guess you use a handy talkie, huh, Wayne? Well, that's pretty much the only option you really have, but uh, 
we all know handy talkie antennas are not very efficient, especially when you're inside a vehicle. True. So, what do you do? Well, if you could get that antenna outside the vehicle, that might help. But the wind noise would be pretty bad. Yes, it would. Some of your friends, family, or whatever may not want you sticking a mag mount on their car. So what I have is a product from MFJ that they have come up with, MFJ 310. It is a handheld antenna window mount clip, which will allow you to take your existing handy talkie antenna, screw it on to that, then just simply slide the mount over the window, attach it to your handy talkie, and now you have an external antenna. Well, let's see how it fits. Okay. Just take your normal handy talkie antenna. You can screw it onto the mount. And you would just slide the mount right over the window, which it will snugly fit, and then just roll the window right on up. Wow. And now you have an external antenna. Neat. It is. The mount comes with the RG174, the very thin, lightweight coax, so it doesn't put any strain on your handheld. It gives you an external antenna now to get your RF signal outside of this big metal box you're traveling in. And it works really well. You mentioned earlier that you were the last one in the group to get that uh, RTL dongle. Yeah, I was. You know what actually drove me to get it? Well, I'll tell you about it. Let's just watch it and we'll talk after. Okay. Today I'm going to show you something else that I came across in my adventures of hamming in the hotel. Maybe that's what I ought to call this segment, hamming from the hotel. Anyway, I think I'm probably the last holdout of the ham radio operators that did not have one of the little RTL uh, SDR dongles or TV dongles that can be used for SDR. So I went ahead and ordered one from Amazon. cost me about 20 bucks or so. And in playing around with it, I discovered that there's an app for the Android tablet that will allow you to use it. You have to install a driver, um, and then you can, there's several applications on there that you can use. We're going to explore those today. It's kind of a takeoff of the Android uh, SDR app I showed you that you can connect to remote receivers. Um, that's a cool app, and I use it still, but there's not as many receivers on there as I hoped. At the hotel, I'm right near the DFW airport, and there's all kind of air traffic going through. So I just got this, and I'm going to take it this week and play around with it and see. I should be able to pick up some pretty cool air traffic. Let's look at how to get it set up. First of all, you need the dongle, as we mentioned before. Uh, just Again, I bought that one off of Amazon for about 20 bucks. It comes with the little antenna, and it's just about... It's just about as good as you would expect this thing to be. It's not very good, so I'm going to build another antenna for it that's more resonant. This one's got like an RCA type adapter on it for the antenna connector. So if that fits, I'm going to build my own. We'll do a segment on it later. Thirdly, you're going to need an adapter to hook up the USB from the SDR dongle to the USB on the computer, or the tablet rather. It's micro USB on the tablet, and this is a female USB on the other side. And you can get those from Amazon for about, well, it depends, $2 to $5. Um, you can buy on eBay a whole gross of them for like 5 bucks. So they're, they're real cheap. Um, 
good to have around if you play around with Android tablets. So let's go ahead and hook it up. I'm going to go ahead and put the antenna over here on some metal. That is a magnet on the bottom of it. So it keeps it from flipping over. I'll just put it on top of that little power supply. Power supply is not on, by the way. I suspect there'd be all kind of noise coming from that thing. And we'll hook the antenna up to the bottom. To the dongle, rather. Then the dongle to the USB adapter, like so. And plug it up to the tablet. First thing we're going to need to do is grab the driver for it. And it's a free download. So let's go ahead and look for it. And we'll go into the Play Store. RTLSDR. Search. The first thing that comes up is the RTL2832U driver. So let's go ahead and install that. And this is going to provide communications between the dongle and the tablet. Okay, there's an open, but we really don't need to do anything with that. Next thing, there's quite a few applications here. There's an RF analyzer. I've got that. Uh, I've got this SDR Touch Live offline radio, which is really nice. Uh, SDROID, it's a, not a great name. ADSB receiver that you can pick up aircraft stuff. But anyway, we're going to play around with the RF analyzer. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a look. I've got, you can see here, we've got the driver installed. I went ahead and installed the SDROID. SDROID. That's kind of a tongue twister. But uh, let's go ahead and run it. Comes up. We're going to have to go into the settings. First thing we're going to have to do is change the source type to RTL SDR. There's some others in here. Hack RF and then a file. Um, in this instance, we're just going to play with the dongle. That's the only thing that I actually changed in here. So let's go back to the application. We can click the play. It's going to, first time it's going to ask you if you want to allow it to access the USB device. And I'm going to go ahead and say yes by default. Now we've got, got our display, our SDR display. And we can scroll down through the entire range of this dongle until we find something that we want to see. We've got the waterfall display down here and then the signal strength display. You can change the, the modulation type from off which silences it and i'll do that for the moment am narrowband fm wide fm lower sideband and upper sideband so it's good for ham ham projects as well and just for the heck of it i'm just going to go wideband fm and we're going to jump over to one of the local broadcast channels and we'll change the frequency into one of the O two point nine, and it jumps over to one of the music ch channels here. So you can change the squelch if you're getting a lot of noise. If you're listening to an FM something and you want to cut out, only hear the signals, and you have noise, just you can change the squelch level. pretty cool so you can see anything down here let's jump over to 
a UHF channel. Okay, so I'm going to use my little ID51 plus 2 here. And we're going to go to my DB Mega Frequency. And let's see what we can find. So we'll jump over here to... I have it programmed to 445.6. So let's go there. 445.6. And let's see what we can hear. Now we're probably going to hear noise because this is digital. In 5Z and O. Test one, two, one, two. And we can see my signal there. I'm not linked to anything, by the way. This is just to my DB Mega right here. Let's try a simplex frequency. 146.52. And we'll get rid of that noise. Squelch it out. Now I'll go to 146.52 here. Okay, 146.52 in 5Z and O testing in 5Z and O. In 5Z and O. In 5Z and O. One other thing you can do if you want to change the bandwidth and cut out some noise that's close to what you're trying to listen to, you can just basically grab the edge of it right there and make it wider or narrow. So that's pretty cool. It's a cool toy. It's really slick to have a little portable SDR unit like that that you can just fold up and throw in your bag. Takes, uh, it's very inexpensive. Most of you probably already have Android tablets anyway. So anyway, I hope you find it useful, fun to play around with. I'm looking forward to actually going to work this week and, and getting off and seeing what I can hear from the hotel room right there. Right next to DFW, there should be a lot of things to listen to. If I find something cool, I will post it on, uh, on the, some of the social media things and, and share with you. 73. Looked like you were having a lot of fun there. Yeah, it was cool stuff. It's it's neat to have that whole little SDR <coughs> kit. You can fold it up and stick it in your bag. Mm -hmm. Takes no space. And I did take it to work this week and played with it. I had a great time. I I run the battery down several times on my tablet. Really? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I could hear the towers and stuff great, and I could get some of the overhead aircraft coming in. Uh, but at the hotel, I was on the third floor, and the hotel has a metal roof, so I think that was causing me a little bit of problems with the overhead stuff. Not to mention the antenna is not even close to resonant, I'm sure, for those yeah. frequencies. Yeah. I like the uh, little slider for the squelch control. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. There was a bunch <laughs> of software out for that thing. That was a free one, and then there was some several paid ones. But, uh, you know, I, I couldn't show a paid version here with a meal on the show. <laughs> no, no, definitely. <laughs> I was afraid he wouldn't come back next week, or next <laughs> month, rather. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, that, they are a lot of fun. That um, looked pretty responsive, too. Yeah, I guess you notice when I, when I showed my radio signal, though, the only thing is a little bit off frequency. Mm -hmm. So I, I've got to see if there's maybe some way in the, the software to calibrate that thing. Yeah, most of the you know SDR kits I've played with, 
were not exactly on frequency, you'd you'd have an offset setting in there where you could, yeah, you know, so slide it over to get it right where it should be. Yeah, so it's, it's probably in there. There's a lot of stuff in the settings I, I haven't really looked into much yet, but I'm going to keep playing with it some more. Cool. Well, Emil, I know you've got an email there that uh, you were going to tell us about. Someone in the chat room. Yeah, our uh, our good friend uh, Marty in the chat room uh, sent us an email, eighty uh, zero PO, and uh, he he wanted to say him and his wife uh, K E zero E W K wanted to drop us all a quick line to uh, tell us how much they appreciate you know the work that you put into this show. Um, you know, they, he basically said not only is it educational and informative, but uh, they out, you know, we stand out as being different from the normal fare of uh, reality uh, television that always kind of focuses on the negative. So I can tell you I'm agreeing 100% with what Marty's saying here because I know that's why I joined. That's why I started looking and joined the show, literally, because of that, plus the uh, sense of humor, you guys. That <laughs> uh, kind of drew me in, but uh, he's he's right on the money with that email. So yeah. thanks, Marty. Yeah, thanks, Marty and Kelly. And yeah, you know we we kind of can have been called the red green of amateur radio shows. Well, amongst before. other things, we've been called, but that's one of the ones we can repeat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it um, is. Here's a, a thought. Uh, to me, I've always found the show reminds me a lot of an old-fashioned radio show. And I don't mean that as a pun, but rather as, you know, perhaps uh, the old radio shows they had back in the 50s that people used to gather around and listen to sure. on a Saturday night. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's try that real quick. America's favorite radio show, <laughs> 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 I, I, I got a face for radio, so that yeah. might work better. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> well, Emil, are you getting a little hungry over there? George, I'm really hungry right now. I'm so hungry that I'm <laughs> thinking about taking a bite out of my pie, my raspberry pie. Hey, George, Beer and Tommy. This is how to make a shortcut to a um, certain foul type on the raspberry pie or a raspbian. In this case, I have a MP4 video to a certain show I like so I'm gonna right click on that and hit open with and here I'm gonna select one of the programs that I'll open or use to open that type um, if it's a command line then there's this tab here that says custom command line here's where you can put what that command line is gonna be with the variables that represent let's say in this case a single file name um, you do want to select probably the execute in terminal emulator along with possibly keep the window open after the command is executed because in this case I'm using the OMX player to actually launch the video of uh, amateur logic which requires the space bars and the keyboard to be interactive so I can play and pause etc so simple as that with the uh, Raspberry Pi and uh, Raspbian. One thing you notice also is not the next time you right click on the shortcut that custom created uh, open with is going to be in the actual menu. 
I figured I'd drag it back to the the old days of cheap old man minutes when I, I used to try to keep it under a minute. So I kind of figured there's so many things with that Raspberry Pi that are out there. I just uh, I fell in love with it and haven't stopped since. Like uh, like Peter told me in uh, one of the Google Plus. Uh, once I started learning how to blink the lights with it, I'm going to take over the world with it. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you glad that we twisted your arm and kind of nudged you in that direction? I am glad, and and so is a lot of people in the club. You know, we actually started showing some of the shows during the social. We have a social meeting on the third Thursdays in our club, and I I brought the pie, and they were pretty amazed that it could keep up with that H.264 video like it did on our uh, HDTV in there in the club. So that little thing is powerful. Have you written any blinky light programs for it? Absolutely. Yeah. They're oh, on uh, the go. Google plus forum. I, I did a couple of Python scripts myself and, uh, came out good. Yeah. I, I did a segment on that a good while back. Pretty yeah. neat stuff. It is really neat stuff. Well, we're going to take another break, get a message from ICOM, and then we're going to be back with that, uh, segment that i told you that that you're really going to enjoy tonight 2017 is here let icom keep the new year momentum rolling with an array of radios to help you communicate and listen all year long no matter where the year may take you base stations mobile transceivers handhelds and more icom has all the equipment to make 2017 the best year yet communicate with the touch of your fingertips perfect for small spaces the IC7100 is the ideal D-Star option to help you communicate anywhere throughout the year. Angled control head and touchscreen for quick, intuitive operation. Large internal speaker for clear digital audio, and it's perfect for multiband and all-mode communications. Planning to be on the move this year? Back for a limited time, the IC7200 is a great option for hams wanting a rugged device to carry out into the field. Simple and tough with IFDSP, digital noise reduction, and USB port for PC control. Ideal for the ham on the go, the IC7300 is the new radio everyone's talking about. It's a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, SD memory card, and more. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on all the great ICOM radios. Twenty seventeen is here. Let ICOM keep the New Year momentum rolling with an array of radios to help you communicate and listen all year long, no matter where the year may take you. Base stations, mobile transceivers, handhelds, and more, ICOM has all the equipment to make twenty seventeen the best year yet. Communicate with the touch of your fingertips, perfect for small spaces. The IC7100 is the ideal D-Star option to help you communicate anywhere throughout the year. Angled control head and touchscreen for quick, intuitive operation. Large internal speaker for clear digital audio, and it's perfect for multiband and all-mode communications. Planning to be on the move this year? Back for a limited time, the IC7200 is a great option for hams wanting a rugged device to carry out into the field. Simple and tough with IFDSP, digital noise reduction, and USB port for PC control. Ideal for the ham on the go, the IC7300 is the new radio everyone's talking about. 
It's a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, SD memory card, and more. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all the great ICOM radios. We appreciate ICOM being a sponsor of Amateur Logic and Ham College. Yeah, Maybe. absolutely. Really uh, helps us keep it rolling. Well, you know, as I promised earlier, we've got a special segment tonight, a part one of a uh, uh, two-part series that uh, John Ossie N3DRH, who just happens to be over in the chat room right now, uh, he put this together. This is a presentation that he does, and he uh, approached me and said, would y'all like this to run on Amateur Logic? And I said, yeah, that'd be fantastic. And he put it together. So let's take a look here at part one on uh, Carl Jansky. Uh, well, John will tell y'all about him, but uh, I, I really found this interesting. Cool. I've been looking forward to it. Hey, this is John, N3DRH, and I'd like to talk to you in two segments about Carl Jansky and how he started the science of uh, radio astronomy somewhat by accident. Uh, the presentation is going to go like this. There's a very punctuated history of radio really starting in the 1700s, so going up to the early the earlier part of the 20th century. Um, I'd like to talk to you about a very curious current which may not follow Ohm's law, and you'll see why uh, when we get there. But it really might have had a big effect on Bell Labs uh, regarding their use of radio to send telephone calls. Uh, third, uh, the Bell Labs radio group and what Jansky's role was in it. Uh, what his merry-go-round antenna was uh, was, and, and how it uh, performed. And then finally, how he detected the noise and eventually tracing it to a galactic source. All right. The very first time in a publication where it was mentioned that we could send information, where there was a suggestion that we could send information over a wire, came in Scott's Magazine in 1753. And in the magazine, uh, the author C.M. used his initials because he was terrified that colleagues would think it was a ridiculous idea. But he suggested that 26 wires could send each of the 26 letters of the alphabet. Uh, notice with no return wire at all. So how, how did that work? Uh, here's the actual magazine on the left, um, as it appeared in 1753. Uh, this magazine's still in publication today. It was continuously published, but they claim to be the oldest periodical that is still published today. All right. In 191833, rather, uh, the first telegraph was set up for regular service in Germany, I believe, between the same two different offices of the same business kilometer apart. Of course, Samuel Morse in 1844 sets up his uh, Baltimore-Washington line and tests it out by tapping out what hath God wrought. Uh, there's the telegraph. If anybody has a better image than that, please uh, let me know. Um, during the middle part of the century, there were a number of uh, successful attempts to lay short submarine cables for telegraphy between of, a, of maybe up to a, a few hundred miles between adjacent countries or between uh, islands or regions that couldn't have communications otherwise. But um, the, big, uh, the big try was for the transatlantic cable. And there were three attempts up until 1858. All of them failed, and um, uh, most of the cable was lost. 
And uh, finally, in the last attempt in 58, it worked, but only for a few weeks. Here's some of the transatlantic cable images, uh, the different vintages. This is the one that was used in 58, and I think the same that was used in 66. Notice that there is uh, only a single center conductor, and then there's uh, steel, you know, structural support around the outside. Um, so how do you send, how do you send telegraphy with only a single wire? And no, they didn't use the steel uh, structural supports for the return line. Um, in the U.S., uh, they finally uh, finished connecting the two coasts by, uh, I think it was New York to San Francisco in 1861 with a telegraphy line. Uh, and then finally, in 66, there was the first successful transatlantic cable for sustained use. Here's where it was uh, sent from Newfoundland to uh, Ireland um, in 1866. The story of that, if you get to watch uh, Season 1, Episode 6, of modern marvels, uh, it talks about what went on to get this cable down. It it is an excellent program. So radio takes off, of course. Uh, Eighteen eighty-eight hertz uh, transmits via spark gap. Um, they continue to lay cables down across the Atlantic in seventy-three, seventy-four, eighty, and ninety-four, and really all up until nineteen twenty-nine. They probably lay another dozen cables uh, across the Atlantic to different countries. Um, Marconi, of course, transmits and receives radio signals, and he accomplished the, the first transatlantic radio telegraphy transmission in uh, in 01 or 02, somewhat controversial as to which date that was. Um, following the Titanic disaster, the Radio Communications Act required uh, radios and ships that had more than a significant number of, of passengers. Uh, you might have seen a lot of images of the Titanic. That's the Titanic with its antennas aloft. Um, in 1914, the AWRL is formed, and in 1917, <clears throat> at the advent of World War I, um, the use of amateur radio stations becomes illegal for the duration of the war. And this is a picture showing uh, a spark gap station, amateur radio station, that's all um, wired down uh, with he heavy bailing wire and binding posts. Bell Labs. Of course, uh, before Bell, the, the, were, the parent company was AT&T. And way back in 1923, they test the concept of using single sideband radio to carry transatlantic phone calls on 57 kilohertz. And they find mixed success. In uh, 1925, uh, AT&T and Western Union merge. Bell Labs becomes the engineering uh, group that does support and development of hardware. They hire some of the best and the brightest um, and produce over their lifespan, uh, over Bell's lifespan, 29,000 patents and eight Nobel Prizes. Uh, in 1927, they take a chance and they inaugurate um, commercial service for transatlantic uh, telephone um, over the 60 kilohertz, probably with single sideband. It costs $75 for three-minute connections, subject to propagation. And uh, you can imagine if there was any lightning storm anywhere within thousands of miles of either the transmitter or the receive station, there'd be trouble. So it wasn't too successful. Uh, there was a 20-man team set up later in the year to try and figure out how to improve transatlantic radio 
for telephone calls. And this was the group that Jansky was assigned to. Um, he has just finished his coursework in physics, University of Wisconsin, and he lands a job with Bell Labs. His job in the group is to study radio noise. In other words, I think the way I interpret it is to find uh, the, qui the quietest portion of the uh, spectrum that is still successful at getting across the Atlantic. Um, in 29, he begins to build his antenna platform with the help of uh, Edmund Bruce. Um, then the uh, unthinkable happens. You had the crash of uh, late in, uh, I think, October of 1929, and everything bad happens at Bell Labs. Uh, millions of people cancel their telephone service. Um, many thousands are let go of the manufacturing arm, Western uh, uh, Electric. And uh, many people at Bell Laboratories are let go. And in addition, the work week is cut back from five and a half days to four days with a commensurate reduction in, in salary. Uh, he even writes home and asks his parents about finding a job back at the university because he, he may not uh, think that things are going to go well because the Depression is so uh, disastrous. Um, but then a very odd thing happens, and that is that while the rest of the country, company is hurting, the radio group is enhanced with a brand-new 400-acre campus to continue their work. And they seem to be lifted and floated above the entire rest of Bell Labs. Now, why would that be? Um, he had already begun to build his antenna, but now when they move to this new campus, he has to build it again, start building it again. And what might have caused the radio group to be so privileged when the rest of the company was hurting? And uh, I believe it was the events that followed the 1929 Grand Banks earthquake. Very unusual earthquake uh, because it was of a large magnitude on the East Coast, which is unusual. Uh, but it caused a turbidity current to occur. And this turbidity current, this underwater avalanche, cut the uh, 12 of the transatlantic cables in 28 places. There were other cables remaining, but you can imagine that this cut off a huge amount of the telegraphy service to uh, between the U.S. And, and Europe. And in this cross-sectional view here, I'll try and show you what a turbidity current is. I have a 15-second movie. But here's the ocean. Here's the sediments that have been built up, that have been delivered. Uh, millions of tons of this stuff has been delivered uh, by the rivers um, over the eons. And eventually, this stuff can slump down a slope. Of course, if you shake the whole East Coast with a big earthquake, you can really cause these to occur. And eventually, the sediment and the water can flow down and cause huge amounts of damage. You wouldn't think that uh, this would be a big deal, but it's enormous when you have a cable on the, on the ocean's bottom. This is the actual data from the Grand Banks earthquake from the turbidity current. Notice this is the depth of the water right here. Um, the water goes out to about three kilometers deep um, on the continental shelf, and the, the slump would have occurred from in this area right here. And lo and behold, these are the actual times that cables were cut. So they were able to 
quantify the speed of the turbidity current. So it was going about 60 miles an hour at the outset and slowed down. But I want you to also take a look at how far it went. Because this is a vertically exaggerated uh, graph, so the x-axis and y-axis are not scaled the same. Notice how far this turbidity current went. It went out to over 800 kilometers, all right, at 25 miles an hour. Some geologists estimate that this turbidity current alone uh, delivered 200 cubic kilometers of material um, across the, uh, the ocean floor, snapping those cables. Okay. Uh, here's an image from the actual, uh, from the West Coast, showing that these turbidity currents are three miles wide. Here's a, um, an image of a turbidity current uh, that's done in a laboratory. Uh, it looks like it's no big deal, but that is a small version of what actually occurred um, at the, after the Grand Banks earthquake. So that ends the first section. Uh, the next is what Carl Jansky did now that they had this uh, newfound mandate to get radio working for transatlantic radio calls. So I'll give you the second segment next time. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you have any questions, please uh, send them on, and we will uh, try and get them answered. Thank you. That's pretty awesome. I'm, that is. I'm going to play, go ahead and play the other half well, now. I, I've seen the other half. It's yeah. uh, it's really interesting, yeah, too. But that, that was great. We really appreciate it, John. Yeah, there's a, a lot of detail in there. Yeah, uh, stuff I didn't know. I yeah. learned a lot. Yeah, very, very cool. Appreciate you sending that in. Yeah, that was uh, I may have to get a, a sneak peek at the other half. It could happen. <laughs> but, I know uh, somebody. Yeah, you know, it's kind of fascinating that all the stuff they went through, you know, in the early days of, of figuring out to get to where we are today. Yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's amazing that they had the foresight to to invest that much into the radio stuff. Yeah. And the rest of the company was struggling and, and put that into there because that was, that was the future. Well, if it, if it cut 12 cables in, what did he say, 38 places? 20, 28 places. 28 places. That's that's a lot of money down the drain. Yeah. $75 uh, for three minutes, yeah. I think it was, for a call in 1920-something, 29, I think. Yeah, on, uh, that's a That's a lot of money. Back on 60 back. kilohertz, I think it was, single yeah. sideband. So, you know, the quality had to... Oh, yeah. Uh, really. Have we had any uh, segments on uh, radio astronomy or amateur radio astronomy? Uh, way back when Jimmy was with us, I think he did one. Well, was it on radio astronomy or just astronomy? I think it was on radio astronomy. He, he had that AOR yeah. receiver. That's right. Satellite dish. Yeah. I think it's way back then. Long yeah. being, a, being an amateur myself in that, I'll have to... Uh, Look down that road. I have a feeling I know what's in that second part. Okay. Well, you're on, in this second part here. There's something you're going to want to build. You, you need to look at it carefully. Oh, though. very cool. Now, you, now uh, you really make me want to go ahead and yes. see it. But you're you're <laughs> going to need to expand the backyard a little bit to hold it. I'm afraid. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, again, thanks, John, for that. That was a, a great uh, John Ossie M3. DRH, put that together and we'll look at the uh, second segment.
next month. Cool. Well, I think we've got one final email here. And this one comes from Peter. Well, no, it doesn't come from Peter. This is read by Peter. It's, this one is read by Peter. Okay, sure. It's really quick, really simple. This is from Bob. And who knew Bug Bunny, sorry, Bugs Bunny was a ham? Okay. There you go. <laughs> I never knew it. From Bugs Bunny Gets the Boyd, Warner Brothers, mm -hmm. 1947. Stuff the wall. And you is that notice, a folded dipole? Uh, yeah, horizontally polarized. No, <laughs> uh, well, those, those are rabbit ears. Rabbit ears. <laughs> Good one, Peter. So it's, it's vertical polarization. Well, Tommy, we're wearing these. Oh, and mine is not the official Yours version. Yours is not official. Yours is one of a kind. It's That's well, probably a collector's I think item. I got two of them like this. Oh, yeah? So it's a two of a kind. It's a two of a kind. Yeah, but this was way back. In the early days of the show, is my wife got this for yeah. me. At least it's not Comic Sans. Be getting, <laughs> At least it's not. You'd yeah. be getting hate mail. Yeah, I would be. We got plenty <laughs> of that. But George, that's, your TV's got tubes in it, and I think Tommy's is HD. Yeah. yeah. I think 4K. It may be solid state at least. So where can you get that shirt, Tommy? You can get these at amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com. Not only these, you can get the hats like you saw John had in his picture. As uh, featured in the Atlanta airport? As featured in the Atlanta airport. <laughs> um, you don't have to go all the way to Atlanta to get it. You can go on this website right here, amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com, order it, and have it delivered right to your door. From the convenience of your home. From the convenience of your easy chair. From your mm -hmm. ham shack. Yep. Be the uh, best dressed looking ham at the next ham fest or, or airport, you know, wherever you go. Yeah, and if you're wearing your amateur logic swag out representing, take a selfie and picture yeah. and send it in, and you'll probably end up on the show. Yep, very good chance. Yep. We want to remind you about our social media. We've got a Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash amateurlogic.tv. We've also got a Google Plus community. And, I, and uh, email <laughs> is big in there, as well as uh, Mike in the chat room and Marty, and I can't name them all. There's a there's a lot of yeah, a lot um, of good folks. Yeah, there's in a lot there. of people there. It's funny because uh, the Facebook people are in the Facebook group, the Google Plus people are in the Google Plus group, and you rarely see them the in two one don't, or the other. Yeah, they We're, don't mix. You, you and I are like the only ones you ever see in both places. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, we also, in addition to those, we have a, a Twitter account uh, at Amateur Logic, and we also have a at Ham College account as well. It's going to um, be huge. It's going to be huge. I'm telling you, huge. <laughs> okay. Well, that was, that was the best I could do. Well, well, it's better than I did. Okay. <laughs> hey, maybe we should have a contest: a Google Plus project versus the Facebook project. Yeah, we'll have to. Hmm. Some little friendly competition. That. Yeah. I don't know what it would be, but uh, I, don't I don't know. know. We'll have to ponder on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, also, we want to mention, well, that we're going to be back on the 15th of next month. We're always around the 15th of the month, so you can tune in on either that Facebook group or uh, the Google Plus community. 
and find out when we'll be shooting the next one. Yeah, we, we always post uh, a little ahead of time, usually the week before mm -hmm. um, when, we, when we plan where, where we're going to shoot the Amateur Logic and Ham College. Mm -hmm. um, those are usually around the first, but anyway, watch those for the announcements if you like watching the, the live show and the technical things getting set up or, or not getting set up. <laughs> or uh, getting so tore up, yeah. To getting tore up, so... <laughs> But anyway, it's a lot of fun. A lot of people like to see yeah. all that stuff going on. So anyway, that's your thing. Come join us yeah. a little early. We appreciate everyone joining us tonight live. Tommy, have you got anything before we go? Nope, I think that's got it for me. I'm about ready to go find some supper. It's getting kind of late. Yeah, me too. What about you, uh, Peter? Uh, no, but uh, great show and uh, very enjoyable to make. Uh, and uh, thanks to everybody in the chat room. Yeah. Email. Well, only only thing I'd add right now is uh, I guess uh, God bless the people who are impacted by that uh, tornadoes down here. I'm about 30 yeah. miles north of that, so we lucked out. So uh, wish them all the best, and uh, nothing else other than that. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Well, another fun show, guys, and uh, let's do it again next month. Yep, let's do it. All right. 73. Oh, 73, everybody. 73. 73. getting a little hungry over there uh wait am i muted i'm sorry the uh you know i'm not i'm not really hungry at the moment because i did eat before this time i got smart knowing we might have some technical difficulties yeah <laughs> well i was trying to lead you into your segment but uh it didn't work oh i'm sorry i completely <laughs> missed it <laughs> but anyway george i'm really hungry right now i'm so hungry we appreciate ICOM being a sponsor of Amateur Logic. Yeah, let me say that again without. Did I, did I throw you off? You look like you drew a blank there for a second. Well, I did for a second, but I was trying to recover. Okay. Well, nice, nice effort. And just kind of look at the camera when you're doing it like I'm not. Just kind of look through you? Yeah, look through me like I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, that would be a lie. <laughs> No, not half the time. <laughs>